I'm sorry my chest is so hard to cut through so you could get my hearty. <laughs> to the film find i am adam portress it has been quite some time since we've done a full episode but ladies and gentlemen you are in store for a full episode today i am here with matt smith of uh it's uh, the split screen dot am i right yes all right and laura say hello Hello. Oh, we've got a uh, we got a good show for you. It's been a while, but we have a fantastic thing. Uh, we are chock full of stuff. We are going to talk about the uh, new Evil Dead movie. Uh, we have I have an interview with Matt from After the Final Curtain. Uh, it's uh, that's that's an interesting uh, interesting photo blog that uh, people should check out. And uh, we're gonna take a little break right now. We're gonna do a little what you've been watching. Uh, we just we got a lot of crap to talk about today, so uh, sit back and uh, we'll be uh, back in just a second. Oh shit! I put the fault. All right, now stay tuned, eh? <laughs> you got to use the faders correctly, kids. Otherwise, your podcast sounds quiet. Ready to go here. We are going to start with a little what you've been watching segment. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have a boatload of things I have been watching as of recent. Uh, Matt, we shall start with you, sir. Oh, great. The least prepared of this, probably. <laughs> we um, can start with Laura if you want to get more prepared. Yeah, let's start with Laura. I need to come up with a solid list of something I think that's interesting to talk about. All right, Laura, what do you got? Oh, yeah, because I've been prepared. <clears throat> I'm the professional here. <laughs> uh, I've, I've watched a lot because I'm in two film classes, a French film and a Japanese film class. Uh, I've recently seen Seven Samurai. I liked it. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm late. I haven't. I never saw a lot of Akira I know, but Kurosawa. Look, that's it's it's one that does take a lot of actual. Uh, you you got to really sit down. There's there's a commitment that's involved in watching that movie. You know, you're looking at what it's about three and a half hours, mm-hmm. and not everybody's you know prepared to sit down and watch a three and a half hour Japanese film. So you know, but. Yeah, it's Good got an it. intermission, and the last movie I saw that had an intermission, actually the only one I've ever seen that had an intermission was Cleopatra, which that was Yonner's, but I did enjoy Seven Samurai, I've seen Ponyo, yeah, it was cute, it was alright, and then we can get to the French side, uh, Le Havre, 
I saw that and I really like it. That's available on Criterion and it's on Hulu Plus streaming as well. I really enjoyed that one. If you're learning French, that's probably the easiest French language film I've ever seen with the most uh, basic language. I, I probably could have gone without any subtitles as I was listening to them speak. And then uh, Coco Avant Chanel, which is, you know, Coco Before Chanel with, uh, oh shit, what's her name? Audrey Tutu. Or Tutu, I can never remember how her last name is pronounced. The, the chick from Amelie. And then uh, Hiroshima, Hiroshima Mon Amour. Hiroshima made me snore. Uh, then I know. <laughs> what a so log line. <laughs> Hiroshima made me snore. That is, a, that is like a hacky New York Post uh, I know, headline. I know. That's what it's I was totally going for. <laughs> I am not a fan of it. And I'm going to go on the record. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. You know, I'm delving really uh, deep into French New Wave, and uh, I didn't, I didn't like that one at all. I, I found it just so boring and so frustrating. Uh, but I did see um, Jean Godard's Breathless, and I really, I really dug that. And I also saw the game with Adam. Yawn. Yeah, I bought I bought the game on a. Uh, there was a one day Criterion sale, and I bought the game, and I was like. Laura, you got to sit down. You got to watch this movie. This is a great movie. You're going to enjoy this movie. And you think it's a yawner? Yeah. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. What about it is bad? I don't know. I, I found it kind of predictable. And I, I just I just didn't enjoy it. You predicted, you, that e- you predicted that ending? Yes, I did. Bull crap you Bullshit. Did. Yes, I did. Adam, ne- oh, God. Next time we watch something <laughs> like that, and it's got some ending that's supposed now, to be a big shock or twist, I want to write it down and see if I could pull it. Because I almost did... Exactly. What are you, Kreskin? No, I'm just really good at, at telling or figuring it out. Yeah, let me tell you how I Laura watches out, movies. Shut I up. I figured out Cabin in the Woods. Let me, and I didn't see any trailers. I figured that shit out. Easy. Uh, technically, they kind of tell you. Uh, it's like they don't. That's not really like a. That's not like a twist or anything. I mean, they practically tell you this is what we are doing. Yeah, but you don't really get it. You don't know. You don't know why they're they're being killed. You just think it's for entertainment. Well, I, mean, uh, I called it. Thanks. Uh, okay. You're welcome. Anyway, Here's, and I called the game. Sorry. Th- that's fantastic. Here's how Laura watches movies. Let me give you a quick idea. This is how this is how she goes in. Every single thing that she does, she puts on her little Sherlock Holmes hat, puts in a pipe, and starts puffing away, going, "How can I solve this?" This one does not let movies. Here's how I here's how I look oh at movies. My God. Shut up. <laughs> Here's how I look at movies. Like, I am so, I don't try to figure these things out. I'm not watching The Sixth Sense going, what can I figure out? I'm not watching, like, you know, just for, you know, brevity's sake, I'm just going to say, like, the M. Night Shyamalan films. Like, I don't watch those going, what's the twist? What's the twist? I just allow movies to, you know, rush over me and just come to my own conclusion when the conclusion is presented to me. You don't do that. You go through with this detective you know, you want to be able to figure it out. That's that's where you get your joy out of watching films. You don't get them out of just enjoying what's fun about watching those movies. Your fun is going is is to look at the filmmaker and say, "I'm as smart or smarter than you." Tell me I'm wrong. Maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't like is you're telling me how I'm supposed to enjoy a movie. I can enjoy movies if they can surprise me, but if it's so obvious and it's a movie that's based on surprise or suspense, no. Sorry. Sorry about it. Matt, your thoughts on the game? That's fucking awesome. Yeah, see? Whatever. <laughs> Film nerds. That's pretty concise, I think. You got well, it. Go ahead. I think, there, I think there is something to Adam's point um, oh, Jesus. You're about... Oh, no. <laughs> about, Jesus, you can't have it that I'm smart. Know, 
<laughs> about about watching movies in order to try and figure them out or outsmart the filmmaker. I think that there's something that does yourself a disservice when you watch movies only in that way. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm saying that if that's your only pleasure that you try to get out of it, if it's a suspense film, I, mean, I, I can see endings of films coming uh, if I haven't seen them. Um, at this point, but it's because of my knowledge of Hitchcock that I'm able to do that, right? Um, and admittedly, there are very few that I haven't seen at this point. But part of the pleasure of watching a Hitchcock film, even if I haven't seen it, and trying to figure out the mystery, is so like understanding those moments of suspense and how he might be crafting that toward the viewer experience. And I think that, um, I don't know, like being shocked or surprised by a suspense thriller is not the only thing you should look for, possibly. But I think the game's awesome in any case. You're, you're allowed to not like the movie. Thank yeah. you. I'm just also Thank reiterating you, this other point. Listening to Adam, apparently I, I fail because no, I, I, just, I, I don't agree. It, there's just It's not that you fail that you disagree. It's that it's I, I personally do not care for the way that you watch movies that have some sort of element of, of suspense or intrigue <laughs> that's put into them. I That's the thing I have a problem with. You... you there, you just you can't let a movie wash over you. You're no, you're you're I, too I smart. Your brain works too hard. My brain might work too hard, but if a movie or a television show, for example, can surprise me and just pull something out of left field that is entertaining and does surprise me, I enjoy it that much more. And I think the most recent example that I could think of, and pardon me, not in film but in television, and this is probably why I've soured to the show now because I I find it predictable and frustrating is Dexter. Spoiler alert for season four if you haven't watched it. There's a big there's a big um a big thing that happens right at the end of the series. You think it's all done and Dexter is gonna go on being, you know, his double life or whatever with Rita and then surprise something Did, happens. Yeah, something happens. Well, something so- happens. I wasn't gonna say it, but surprise something happens. And I that, that's the last time I just, you know, said, Holy shit, or what the fuck when I saw it. You know, because it came out of left field, it was something that made sense. And mm-hmm. then, you know, watching that season again and knowing what's going to happen, I can enjoy John Lithgow's performance in it more. I, I don't know. I, that's just how I am. I don't like I I like being tricked, and I'm not stupid. So if you're going to trick me, you're going to have to work really hard. And I don't think the game did that. I'm sorry. Okay. I like David Fincher. I like a lot of his movies, but this one, I think also too, what probably ruined it for me is you talked that shit up. You said it was so good. It's the best movie ever. Watched. I did no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's please. Let's not give. So what have I been watching? Let's not give. <laughs> let's not give me the the. I'm so all right, Matt. What have you been watching? We're going. We're moving on. Domestic disturbance going on here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, the feed just cuts out. Like, hello, hello. <laughs> so um, I I actually uh, I've been watching a fair amount, and I only. I decided I only wanted to talk about a few things that I liked, um, just to kind of not be completely uh, negative about some things. Um, which, uh, fuck it, that's already too big. Um, okay, here we go. Matt, really- we are going to actually hang up with you right now. Your Skype connection is kind of shitty. Uh, so we're going to re- right. try to reconnect with you, and then uh, I'm going to go on and do uh, just a regular... Uh, I'll start talking about what I've been watching. Um I've been uh, most recently, well, I guess uh, 
like I said, we've been watching the game, and I also bought uh, Rosemary's Baby mm-hmm. on uh, on Criterion Blu-ray, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that uh, as always. Uh, transfer right, looks I'm, okay. There he's back. My back. Do you, you hear me? Yeah, you sound a little better. But yeah, I uh, I got I watched a uh, uh, Rosemary's Baby on Criterion. That's what I got, uh, as well as the game on Blu-ray. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, There's some kind of delay going on. Yeah. It's a little, uh, it's a little crap. Let me see if I can kill my video feed. Maybe that'll help out. But um, yeah, uh, Rosemary's Baby still holds up today. Just, I mean, that's to me, that's what really, you know, great horror is. It's like you don't really have to see much. A lot is implied, and it seems just like a creepy ass thing that could actually happen. And uh, the Blu-ray looks fantastic. Uh, pretty decent uh, behind-the-scenes featurette, and it's Criterion, so it's like you know, what more do you really have to know about it than you know? get it uh we also saw oz the great and the powerful a couple of weeks ago uh i went in with fairly low expectations and i gotta say i thoroughly enjoyed myself i was really surprised at how much i dug this movie not only is you know i think it works great as a as a kid's fair but uh also is there's enough in there for adults and some uh tossbacks to the original that it you know still holds up pretty well I, i your thoughts Oh, I liked it. I also liked the makeup. It inspired by Urban Decay, but I'm, I'm girly oh like boy. that. But I, I did. I really enjoyed it. I, I was worried that it was gonna stink because I had my high, I had high hopes because I enjoy Sam Raimi, and I, I think he's great. And I also figured there'd probably be a Bruce Campbell cameo, which of course there was. And let's yeah. say this, you know, I mean, there's no real spoilers in this per se, but in the last, I want to say three Sam Raimi films, Bruce Campbell's been a man guarding doors. Yeah. I don't know why that's what <laughs> Raimi assigns him to, but he's always the guy guarding the door. <laughs> Two Spider-Man flicks in this movie. He's always just guarding doors. But, uh, yeah, it was really good, and it's nice to see that Raimi had uh, two good movies back-to-back with uh, uh, Drag Me to Hell and now uh, uh, Oz the Great and Powerful, two strikingly different movies. What's he supposed to be doing next, anyway? Is is Evil Dead 4 slash Army of Darkness 2, is that technically his next on the docket? I, I think so, unless uh, Disney uses his uh, contract option to do an Oz sequel, I think... Uh, he's he's currently writing Army of Darkness too. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'm I, I've I've, for that one. I've heard that he said that he doesn't really care to do a an, an Oz sequel. But if he has yeah, to, he's just, got to. Yeah, I think there may be. I was reading an article that said there may be something in his contract that um, will rope him in or like will be difficult for him to get out of if if Disney wants him back to do that. Well, we'll do it, and we'll call it the Sony clause. Is like all you got to do is just throw in uh, the Vulture, and they'll be like, "We don't want that shit. Get out." The Sony clause. <laughs> for a moment, I thought. Fair enough. Yeah, that's interesting here. But I got to say though, I to see. The the rumored John Malkovich as the vulture. I don't know. I'm like, I still possibly could have gotten behind that. Uh, let's see. Uh, the only other real big thing that though I have been watching a lot of. Uh, finally, been watching a lot of Netflix and uh, House of Cards. House of Cards was uh, I started that first episode. Enjoyed it. Another venture thing. Uh, but the other real big thing I watched this weekend was uh, Jurassic Park and IMAX 3D. And um, I saw it in the same kind of way I saw it uh, ex- just about almost exactly 20 years ago with my dad in the theater. And it was 
God, it was a blast. Uh, Jurassic Park is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, the 3D was fantastic. They really took their time. And uh, the special effects in Jurassic Park already still hold up very well. But the 3D actually makes them look even better. I was really surprised about that. But uh, still holds up that Jurassic Park. And uh, got a, got a, you know one of the best John Williams scores. Just so memorable. But and then that's saying a lot with you know memorable John Williams scores. Uh, so yeah, that's about all that I've been watching, other than just a lot of other stuff. And I've been playing Bioshock Infinite, which, by the way, uh, people should play. It's uh, dope. Anyways, uh, that is it for what what we've been watching. Did Matt get to say anything? Yeah, he watched. I uh, didn't. Oh, that's right. You got cut off. Yeah. Fucking say something. <laughs> okay. Really say something if you really can't quickly. Skype out. Uh, so really quickly, I, uh, I saw a couple of films in my prison film seminar this past week that uh, were really amazing. Uh, first is Jacques Becker's La True, The Hole, from, uh, I believe, 1960, um, about uh, some prisoners in a French prison who escape through a tunnel they dig, and it's uh, one of the most uh, kind of thrilling, um, suspenseful experiences I've had in a movie in quite a while. I also sat down to watch for a second time uh, Steve McQueen's Hunger from uh, 2008, I believe, um, about uh, Bobby Sands, the political uh, prisoner in Ireland during the Troubles in the 1980s who starves himself to death on a hunger strike. Um, And that was also very good again. And then I also want to say that uh, I haven't, sat down to do a full review for the for the podcast, although maybe I should. Um, Park Chan-wook's Stoker is amazingly gorgeous filmmaking. Um, it's mysterious and delightful in a lot of perverse ways that only Park Chan-wook can pull off, and I'm happy to say that it appears his transition into English language filmmaking has been successful, despite some problems he reportedly had on the shoot regarding not having scenes translated for him. Mm. Um, uh, that's it, I guess. Um, I, I saw a couple more things like Dead Man Down, um, which was, uh, Neil Zarden Oplov's English language debut who directed the, uh, original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and it reunited him with star Numi Rapace. Yeah. I've heard a lot of mixed things on that one. Um, yeah, it's definitely a solid, like two and a half to three star middle of the road, uh, crime thriller. Um, interesting in some ways, but very dull and predictable in others. Um, but you know, if you're ever available, available to catch it on Netflix, once it starts streaming, um, and have a, have an idle Saturday afternoon, I, I, I imagine it would be pleasurable viewing. Hmm. Well, that's cool. All right. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've, you've gotten your, you've gotten your, uh, you've gotten your bit in. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> just around with you. When do we get to yell at each other about Evil Dead? Oh, that's coming. Uh, that's going to come, but uh, first we are going to take a little break here, and we are actually going to be coming back. Uh, I recorded an interview earlier uh, with the uh, guy who is behind After the Final Curtain, and uh, I'm going to play that interview for you, and then we're going to jump back and uh, review Evil Dead. So uh, stay tuned for a couple seconds, uh, listen to the interview, and then uh, we're going to come back. Looking for adventure And whatever comes our way Yeah, darling, go make it happen Take the world in a loving place Fire all of your guns 
Everybody, welcome back. We have a very uh, special guest for us. Our, our first special guest, as a matter of fact, uh, Matt Lambros from After the Final Curtain at uh, AfterTheFinalCurtain.net, and uh, find him on Facebook. Find him there. Uh, Matt does some really interesting stuff, and I'm going to kind of let him explain to you what it is he does. Matt, w- welcome to the show. First of all, welcome to the Film Find. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um. Basically, you go around and photograph, uh, I guess, dilapidated movie theaters. Is that probably the best way to describe what you do? That's, uh, that's perfect. Yeah, I, um, I, I have a, a specific type. I photograph um, uh, movie palaces, basically movie theaters that were built in the 1930s to around the mid 1940s uh, that have a lot of ornate architecture. Okay, and uh, so what kind of brought you about to to doing this is kind of a like it's it seems like what would be maybe like a one off project for somebody, but you seem to have gotten many of these from all all parts. I started out uh, when I was very young, going into old buildings with my grandmother, and that uh, that stuck with me for a long time, and when I grew got older, I started going and sneaking in with my friends into abandoned mental asylums. And then I started documenting that and the, and doing research on them and just finding out about all these horrible things that went on in these buildings. So going from that, I I decided that I didn't want to document them anymore because it was just very depressing. Yeah. Creepy. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was in, I was in a movie theater in the East village, the village East cinemas. And I was watching uh, a very terrible, terrible movie, uh, which I loved uh, called poultry Geist. Oh man. Uh, (laughs) I am. am, I'm familiar. All right. Good. I'm glad. Uh, So going from that, I uh, was just admiring the architecture of the theater and I was looking, spent part of the movie just looking at the chandelier, and it was gorgeous. And I thought, you know, there's got to be some abandoned theaters around. I bet, I bet some of these buildings are just sitting there and no one's using them. So I went home and I did some research, and I found out about a theater in Brooklyn, uh, pretty close to me, called the Lowe's Kings. And I started photographing it, and it went from there. Hmm. I mean. Uh- that that's true. What you're saying about how like even like a bad movie can can have like a, like a nice theater even during a bad movie can be uh, almost as entertaining if not more entertaining than what you're doing at the time. Now I, I myself haven't been to uh, a lot of like you know big ones. Like the only actual you know theater palace, as it were, that I went to uh, is you know the one that everyone is the most familiar with was uh, Man's Chinese Theater. It's called something else now, but uh, it's one of those always will be. That kind of thing, like Sears Tower is always going to be the Sears Tower, no matter what they change oh, the Sears name Tower to. Sears Tower changed. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, whatever you change the name to, it's like it's still Man's Chinese Theater. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, right. But um, I went there. Uh, we were at a uh, a, uh, a, a Star Wars convention, if, and, and that'll come back as, as to why we were there. But um, uh, we decided one night to go out because it happened to be that it was thirty years day and date to when Star Wars premiered. At, to, to, at premiered there and we were like well, no one else was thought it was as cool as me then I'm like dude 30 years ago today 
this movie premiered here. How cool will that be to be there? And uh, the movie that was playing was uh, 28 Weeks Later, which I just was like, just a snooze fest. But, you know, you could sit around and look at everything in the theater because, you know, what was going on on the screen just bored me to tears. So I was just like, look at how amazing the architecture is in here. This, to me, is more the show than, you know, what's going on on screen. And, you know, and I didn't feel bad halfway through the movie to go, you know, uh, you know visit the bathroom. And the bathroom was like, it, it looked like, it reminded me of the bathroom from The Shining. And, uh, <laughs> but it was really cool. But that's, and... And it got me to thinking that, you know, that's really something that's uh, completely lacking today. And that's what that's what initially kind of drew me uh, to your photo blog here is that just to see what what used to be and how that is so far from where we're going uh, as a movie watching society. And I think what you're doing is very important to capture, you know, what once was. Well, thank you. That's pretty much you summed up exactly how I feel. Like I grew up in the '80s and '90s, so I like I thought the most exciting thing about a movie theater was what was on the screen. So just discovering that people used to go to movies like this, and it used to be an event, and they used to dress up, and like there were ushers that sat people, and just like discovering all that, all of that, that it was a much bigger, uh, much bigger deal than it really is now, and looking at the like i'm a huge fan of like architecture and i it's they're just so gorgeous so i have to document them before they're all knocked down that and then like you said that is the most important part right there before they are all knocked down and it's like a lot of the you know silent films of the era is like those a lot of those films got lost along the way and i'm sure many of these you know great movie palaces from you know big to small towns and just interesting architecture, interesting things that, you know, no one will ever see again because no one thought, hey, this is important. Maybe we should, you know, uh, document it in some way. But that's, to me, that's that's one of the more boring parts about movies now is that we go to a theater, right. every single theater artists. is exactly the same. It's a big, you know, gray box that we all sit in and there's nothing there's nothing special about it at all like you said people used to dress up now it's literally like where can i you know drop 20 dollars to blow 2 hours of my life away and that, that right. it just right. <laughs> it saddens me so much that that's where we got um so uh what where have you gone now i know that uh, you're in the uh, new york area do you primarily focus out there or have you uh, kind of uh, stretched out I stretch it out. I, my goal is to cover the entire United States before I'm done. I have, uh, I have some nice, uh, like, Excel spreadsheets made up of pretty much every state. Mm -hmm. What's well, I mean, it's, it's a good it's a good goal. But With is there is... In, uh, covering all? I even have one in. I was going to say I even have one in Charlotte. Which is where you're from, right? Yeah, I'm from Charlotte. And uh, oh. let me hold on. You're Skyping out a little bit for me, so it's a little bit tough to make out the last uh, about. Just go back over the last probably 30 seconds. You were okay. Skyping uh, out just a little bit. There you go. Where, where do you want me to start? Like, uh, basically, uh, so so you said that you kind of had an Excel spreadsheet and you kind of oh, Skyped yeah. out a good yeah. bit there, but go ahead. Okay. I, I have Excel spreadsheets on, on every state in the country with a list of at least two or three to check out. So uh, I'll be doing this for a while. Yeah, it's, well, that's good. So, so you said that there was uh, one around here, a run around my parts in Charlotte? 
There is. There's the Carolina Theater. And there's a group trying to restore it. They haven't been very... I don't know if they've been very active lately. Um, it opened in 1927 and closed in the, in the 70s. And there was a fire a little after, so it's kind of damaged a little. Hmm. But uh, there is a group trying to bring it back. I like. I think I've. It sounds like I've heard of that, but uh, not too awful familiar. But uh, you've uh, now uh, piqued my interest. But uh, that's it's it's definitely something that's that's worth looking into. Um, so, how do you? Um, is is there any particular uh, set of criteria that you use to say, okay, this is like something that's you know worthwhile? Is it just an art, 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 architectural thing, or is it more of a uh, you know? You know, day and date of when you know that was opened or anything. Do do you have any specific criteria that makes you go, oh, that's a place I need to go? I try to stick to places that have at least, at least now um, over five hundred seats that were opened for anywhere from. I think the oldest I've been to was eighteen eighty five, and the uh, close like and the opening from like eighteen eighty five to. Like probably 1945. After then, they started to become uh, very streamlined and more like the movie palaces or movie theaters that we know now. So not right. as interesting architecturally. That's another thing that I would like to uh, I'd like somebody to explore is that a lot of the uh, a lot of the theaters uh, went from you know single or even double screens to you know three to four what that kind of uh, setup was like back in the day because that's that that seems to be a lot of what happened. I mean, we've we've all gone from, you know, just one or two movies to just more and more and more and more and eh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's all for the better. Well, there was an antitrust act in the uh in the 40s against Paramount Picture. Uh if you look it up it's I think Paramount Pictures versus the United States government. Uh and originally movie theater Theaters were owned by the studios, right? So they only played their own movies. And after the Antitrust Act, they had to break it up. So because of that, it wasn't profitable to just show one movie theater at uh, the theater. So they started building multiplexes. They started converting the giant movie palaces into multiplexes. Usually, first by uh, separating the balcony from the main floor, and then they would either carve up either the main floor or the balcony into uh, smaller theaters. And Going like that's how multiplexes began, and that's really started to take off in uh, the mid, like probably the fifties to the seventies. And that's and and that's yeah, like you said, that's where it kind of started to uh, get that everything is kind of cookie cutter, made the same for everybody. And uh, yeah, I I completely agree, and I I think what you're doing is great. Uh, Let me ask you this: Uh, What do you uh, you can nerd out all you want here on this question, but uh, what do what are you shooting on? Uh, I shoot with a Canon 5D Mark II. Ah, uh, the industry standard almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Pretty much. But I mean, it makes for, for fantastic images. Um, so uh, if anybody would uh, like to uh, get more information on uh, what Matt's doing here, you can just go to uh, afterthefinalcurtain.net or .com. So, uh, I, I believe that's still .com. You can do that as well. Is that right, Matt? Yes, yes. Okay. I have both. So you can do either one, and um, but yeah, definitely check it out. And you can you can order prints on your site. Is that correct as well? Yep. Yeah, you just have to send me an email. So yeah, get some uh, get some nice art for your house. I'm I'm looking at we're we're moving not too long, and I'm I'm looking for something to fill up some wall space and uh, 
couple of your pieces are starting to catch my eye, so uh, I might do that myself. Matt, thank you so much for uh, coming on to the Film Find and talking with us uh, about what you do. Um, I, if anyone, if you, no one's seen, if you haven't seen Matt's work, please go to uh, go to the, uh, afterthefinalcurtain.com dot com and uh, check it out. Uh, well worth your time. Uh, so uh, we're gonna take a quick break and come back, and uh, we'll see you then. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that interview, even uh, with my weird uh, toss at the end there. Uh, we are actually going to delve into our new review of this week. Our review, of course, is of the new Evil Dead remake. Let's take a listen to the trailer. Okay, that was the trailer for the new Evil Dead movie. Uh, I don't know what you guys have heard, but uh, this Evil Dead, the original, that's kind of a kind of a cult classic film. People tend to like that a little bit. <laughs> so uh, a couple of years ago, when people uh, when it was announced that they were going to be remaking Evil Dead, there were a lot of people who, uh, rightfully so, I would say, had their suspicions, and uh, those suspicions were, please don't do this because you're you're just you're ruining it. You're ruining it. You're ruining it. And uh, but uh, several uh, several directors, uh, possible later, several uh, writers and screenplays later, uh, including uh, a one Diablo Cody, who I, I wouldn't think that you could really see any of her uh, fingerprints on this. So uh, if you are one of those people that, uh, like I have been many a time, who do not particularly care for her writing style, uh, young adult aside, uh, 
you know, you're not going to have a whole bunch of that uh, don't be so jelly uh, in, in this film. <laughs> oh, boy. Jennifer's body is a piece of crap. Anyways, no, um, not. yeah, it is. It's a terrible movie. Uh, it's not, but whatever. It's, 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 it's an interesting... <laughs> let's, not, let's not get into Jennifer's It's an interesting body right now. All right. We have other shit to mention. We, we do indeed. Uh, yeah, so uh, it's it, this is a remake of the 1981 Evil Dead movie, uh, direct, originally directed by Sam Raimi, starring uh, Bruce Campbell, before Bruce Campbell was Bruce Campbell. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a, in a moment or two. Uh, this one is uh, directed. I cannot remember this guy's name off the top of my head, and I don't have my shit pulled up. It's because uh, I'm Fede Alvarez. Yeah, I knew Alvarez was the last name. I could not think of that first name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, uh, it stars a bunch of people that you don't really know. Um, but that's a good thing. Except for one. Who, people know, if, even if they don't know his name, they know who Lou Taylor Pucci is. Now, which one's that again? He played Eric, the dumbass that reads from the Necronomicon. Oh, the, that shitty actor? What's he in? <laughs> What is he in? Yeah. Well, let me click on his name really quickly. Um, he's in stuff. Stuff part one, stuff. part two. Um, Which went directly so, to DVD. I don't know, you know. Well, so um, a couple years back, he was in uh, the movie uh, Beginners. Um, he was in Fanboys uh, very briefly. Oh, I don't remember but, that. Um, huh. He was also, he's been in uh, like Southland Tales and Fast Food Nation and Thumbsucker um, and he's just kind of been doing some pe- people have seen him in things. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, people who just watch a wide variety of stuff have likely seen his face in, in some, uh, motion pictures. Okay. Well, the actual, uh, plot of this is somewhat similar to Evil Dead, but, uh, I, I like the way that it originally started out. Now, first of all, we're going to go ahead and assume that everyone, we're not really going to spoil a lot of what happens in this until a little later, and we'll kind of put a little spoiler warning on, uh, talking about, you know, spoilerific things. But, uh, we're all, we're going to assume that everybody has seen, uh, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. If you haven't and you're listening to this podcast, I really, I, I'm confused as to why you're, why you're listening to this and not watching that. And, uh, for God's sake, there's 87 versions of it out on DVD. Go pick one up. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> so, uh, basically, this one starts a lot of the, in, in much the same way. Some people are going out to a cabin in the, uh, Tennessee woods, uh, which, by the way, I want to go ahead and point out because this is the only claim to fame I have in my entire life is the original Evil Dead was uh, partially, actually probably more or less mostly shot in my hometown of Morristown, Tennessee. Tiny little town, but uh, that's what my little claim to fame is. I was born in the uh, place that Evil Dead was originally shot. So that's kind of, that's a sad fact for me. That that's the only thing that I have going for me, uh, but yeah. So it's it's a tiny little town, but uh, in this one they're not going for like, hey, we're gonna have this lovely cabin thing. It turns out they're actually in for an intervention, um, which I think I thought was an interesting plot to uh, you know kind of keep them there to keep them in the cabin and not wanting to leave and not you know turning tail at the first sign of oh shit things are going wrong. Yeah, and um, that that by the way is not a Diablo Cody. Uh, uh, addition to the screenplay, although that was the one that I thought most definitely probably was. It is not with that. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I th- I, th- I thought that was that a very interesting plot to keep there. So let's just before we get into anything and, and okay, so basically they end up finding you know the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. It, it then follows almost the exact same kind of basic plot as Evil Dead. 
you know, you read from this book, it becomes, you know, and then evil is unleashed and all hell breaks loose. Um, so let's let's start out here. Uh, Matt, what was your uh, general take on Evil Dead? Um, I actually really enjoyed myself. Um, I don't think that it is nearly the film that the original is in any way. Um, definitely not the film uh, that Evil Dead 2 is. Um, but I think that it does some things particularly well on its own terms, um, including retaining its own kind of stamp of black humor without um, just completely ripping off uh, Raimi's style. And uh, I really appreciated the insane amount of gore that they really did go for, um, and not much of it being CG. In fact, I think most of the things that were CG were things lit on fire and a couple of facial transformative uh, moments, I think. Um, so yeah, generally, I really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I, I got to say, overall, I didn't hate the movie, and I didn't love the movie either. Um, here's what I think about remakes. Um, I think remakes an awful lot like I think about music and uh, covers of songs. Um, there, there are a couple different camps that you can go to when you're covering a song. You can either have a version of it that sounds exactly like it, and it's just a big glowing tribute to that song, where it's, you know, I don't want to say it's indistinguishable, but it's very much in that exact same style that the original song was done in. Or you can deviate so far from that song that it almost doesn't even sound like that song, you know, that, that it began with. Um, mm -hmm. And when you have that mishmash of the middle area, that's when things go, you know, a little bit awry. And that's what I think this movie does. I think I, I enjoyed a lot of the nods to the original, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't unique enough to be a film unto itself, and it wasn't ex and it wasn't enough of it, you know remaking Evil Dead for it to be you know kind of we'll say an updated. 21st century, I know this sounds retarded, but a 21st century version of Evil Dead. It just, it seemed like a mishmash of things that uh, it, it sort of reached in some places. At the end of the day, I was I was fairly satisfied with it, uh, but I, it's nothing that I'm, I'm writing home about, so to speak. I, I think it's just an okay film. I think if you've never seen an Evil Dead film before, uh, if you're one of the many uh, kids that you know snuck into our theater when we initially tried to see this, uh, then we left that theater promptly and went to an adult theater. Not not like an adult like Triple X theater, but a, uh, an actual theater where children under 18 are not allowed. We didn't see the Evil Dead. We saw the Evil Dongs, the porn version. <laughs> the Evil Dongs. You're fucking stupid. I know. Um, but no, so, uh, yeah, if, if you're like one of those kids who's never seen an Evil Dead movie before, if you're not aware of the Raimi movie, or especially Evil Dead 2, uh, a lot of this is going to seem unique and interesting to you. And uh, But if you've seen it, I don't know. It, like I said, you can fall into two camps, and uh, we're about to hear what the next camp is. Laura, I know you've been waiting in the wings. <laughs> Bated breath. You want to tell everybody what you thought of this movie. Let's hear it, dear. It's a piece of shit. I'm sorry. And I, I, I wanted to like, I had, I, I'm oh, sorry. I mean, to hit the mic. I am someone who really adores the original movies. I, I love them. I've seen them plenty of times. 
I, I remember how my friend Sally got me to watch the first one. Uh, she told me, oh, this is cool horror movie and this chick gets raped by a tree. You got to see it. It's wild. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see it. But then I saw it was Bruce Campbell, who I had seen in Xena and Hercules before I saw these films. Very which, similar roles. Yeah, which, you know, got me into these films. And I love them. And when I heard that there was a remake that was going to happen... I, I did not have high hopes because I love those original movies so much. It would take a lot for me to even hold it in the same esteem. And I, I didn't. And I even wrote down all the problems that I had. Like, it started off, I didn't start off hating the film. You know, I, I did. The the opening was very different. I'm, I just, it made no sense to me at first, I guess, watching it. And then I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then I, I told Adam, it reminded me of something, of another movie that had that kind of similar setup where um, you had someone that was trying to save someone else and it ended badly. Yeah, well, the, we, we can, I mean, this is like the first literally five minutes five of Five minutes, film. so it's not a so, spoiler so or anything. there's no real spoiler of this. Yeah. Essentially, we, we find a girl who is, you know, running through the woods or whatever. She gets kidnapped, brought to this, uh, what House, we eventually yeah. find out later is... Like a you basement. know, is, is a basement, yeah. and she's tied up, and uh, you know, her dad comes to you know kill her, and you know, she's like, maybe you know, maybe she, he's like, you've you've killed your mother, whatever. We're gonna put you out of your misery, and blah blah blah. Uh, so that that's how it originally starts, and you know, yeah. Okay, go ahead. But anyway, it may I, it bugged me. I, I sat there and I'm thinking, God, this thing this makes me think of some other movie. What other movie has done this and almost like the same beat for beat, you know, shock into the title? Oh, Drag Me to Hell. It's exactly the same as the beginning of Drag Me to Hell. You know, where the the little like I guess Mexican family brings their little boy to the the Mexican witch lady. You know, I didn't think about that, but you're you're very right. In, it's in tone. That's it's very similar. It's very similar. Yeah, because the end of that, the first scene, which of course I mean it's not really spoilerific. It's the first five ten minutes of the movie. Is you know the kid is cursed, similar to how Allison Lemon is cursed in that movie, and he gets gobbled up. He's gone. And, and it, then boom, yeah, title. boom, title, and it that's that's reminded me of that. So I was like, okay, that I don't know why I don't like that. I that doesn't doesn't jive with me. Mm-hmm. But the other stuff that upset me is I think there, t- I, I'm for me to really like a remake, especially something that I I like, um, and I can like horror remakes. I enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street. Actually, I did like that Ugh. movie. Which I oh. did. I, which, we're <laughs> going to get the worst. Let, let, I liked know. that one. Let's, let's talk about a couple of remakes. So let's, because this will well, help. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to I want to talk about this opening and its similarities <gasps> okay. to Drag Me to Hell. Because don't you see it? Don't you see yeah, what no, I'm talking it's totally, about? It's totally right on. But I, I actually think that's Raimi's fault. You think so? Quite you possibly. think that's yeah, Raimi I mean, and not the director? He, well, he he is the producer, right? Mm-hmm. Of this, of this remake. Yeah, along with um, Rob Tapert and uh, Bruce Campbell, who were all involved yeah. with the previous movies. And, yeah. and I really think that those similarities have to do with maybe some input that he had along the way. I think it's just too similar for the director, uh, Alvarez, to have just said, we're going to totally do this as the opening. Yeah, because it's like uh, the shocker. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think I think the back the backstory is probably screenplay, right? Mm-hmm. But the style of like build up, cut to credits or cut to title immediately, uh, that big orchestral push, I think that's uh, a Raimi style. Perhaps. But yeah, that that bothered me for the first 30 minutes as I sat there trying to think 
I even said it to Adam. Where did I see this before? This seems so familiar. Where have I seen it? But anyway, uh, to the reasons that I didn't like it, or as I listed it, reasons why Evil Dead Remake sucks, I, I feel that there's too many... <laughs> it's called Why Evil Dead Remake Sucks, and there's a list. Yeah, um, there's. I felt that for a remake to be really good, I think you have to differentiate yourself a lot from the original material, especially when it was known that there wasn't going to be an Ash in this movie, which I felt was a good idea because there's no one who could take the place of Bruce Campbell. Although that one dude, they really tried to make him look Bruce Campbell-ish with his hairstyle, the way he dressed, the the Jeep that he drove. It was very Ash-like. I, I also appreciated the use of that character. Um, as, as much as I hated that character, I appreciated the use of that character as a red herring. Yeah, that's true, which I, I we weren't going to go into that really the spoiler there, but um the similarities, like there, there were many shots. There were way too, way too many nods and in, in, in the exact same thing happening from the original movie. Like there's the scene, I guess, where they're in the sh- that the, the Ash like guy goes into the shed and he's looking for something to put together. And you see the chainsaw, but then he looks up and looks at the battery. And I'm like, that's good. Just the glance at the chainsaw for those of us who are Evil Dead fans are in the know. Yeah, the chainsaw that will be on Ash's hand and all that stuff. That's a nice little nod. But then immediately it does the exact same shot that they do in army of darkness and then the other evil dead Two, where he's putting it together and it's like constant jump cuts like where the the camera zooms in jump cut zoom in jump cut you know what i'm talking about as he's building it together yeah what's been loosely referred to uh from uh darren aronofsky as the uh hip-hop edit well i know but i mean there's just a i i didn't list them all there's a lot where it's just like the girl that slices off her arm it's obviously she even does it in the kitchen where ash does it in evil dead 2 where he chops off his hand Mm-hmm. So, so, so I don't know. You, there was just a lot. You see these okay. as issues because they're too similar to the original. Yeah, it's just it's too much. Come on, throw in some it, original but, stuff. The 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 girl slicing her face but, that was I liked that. I like okay, that sets you apart but do you from know, it. But you know, I mean, is there no value in? I mean, look, little nods, kill, yeah, but on, the same entire thing. Sorry, most killings in a lot of remakes happen in exactly the same order and in very similar fashion. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street included. Um, not just to bag on that film, but I think that uh, within within the horror genre, there is a way of proving a film's bona fides by constantly referen- referencing what has come before it. And in the remake cycles, it tends to be specifically the kills that have happened in the original films. And the way that this film goes about that is it... it, it does use very similar kills, um, and same similar, ones. very similar setups. So even with Mia being yeah, in the locked but, in the basement, a la Henrietta, them, it tweaks them. I think just enough, but it, but I think that it tweaks them just enough to keep it interesting. Yeah, um, I, I guess I that's can see in, your point in, in a way. In a way that I think that like The Walking Dead, even if you don't like that oh, show, I signed of the, off that a long of, time ago. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I don't, I'm I'm using this as an example. One of the things that I think that's. Holy shit. AMC heard Matt start to bash the walk. Really well, although sometimes it pisses me off. That it um, changes your knowledge, but but it changes your knowledge of things, right? So if I'm a huge fan of the comic, which I am, and I've read every issue up to this point, I kind of know beat for beat where the story's going. And what's interesting about The Walking Dead and what I found interesting about Evil Dead um, as a remake is how those beats get slightly manipulated and changed in order to keep it interesting enough for people who have that knowledge of the original Mm -hmm. um, without totally just ripping it off. 
Yeah, I don't know. It did to me. It seemed to just really rip it off with a few original things, and I'll continue to go but that's, on. But I, 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 real quick, that's what I that's that's one of was my but, contentions was that that I enjoyed about it was it, it was like there was a lot of like we're about to show you what you think you're gonna know because yeah, it, you can't tell me at any point mm-hmm. that when that chick cut her arm off that we thought that that hand was all gonna come back alive. I did think it. I we was all thought it was. It. I was expecting but it, but it too. was nice that it didn't, right? Yeah, I suppose. But I mean, the the big the big problem I have with that the similarities to the original really come in the ending, and I don't know if we want to discuss that. We'll right do that. Now. In a, we'll no. do that in a couple um, minutes. Then then we'll I, I got more. I got more. I really did not like the actor that was the dumbass who read the Necronomicon. I found him to be the most boring person on the screen. And I'm saying that even around the girlfriend, the Ash guy's girlfriend, who really didn't have any lines until she started getting possessed by the deadite spirit. You know, his way his lines were delivered, the way he just, matter of fact, no emotion on his face. I kind of wonder now if they did so much damage to his face in the movie to make up for the fact that he had no emotion. You know, I I didn't get, I didn't see any of that. When you told me that after the film, I, I was just like, I so didn't boring. see. I, did I like, didn't see any of that. It's like very devoid uh, of emotion I, to I, me. I had an opposite reaction. So like, I think, I I think Lou Taylor Pucci does mm-hmm. an okay job. Mm-hmm. I think his character is terrible. Perhaps that might be it. Maybe he's I, a great actor, but it was just. I also, uh, uh, the character of uh, David, who you were saying they were trying to make look like Bruce Campbell. Oh, well, um, he, he does have a Bruce Campbell-esque look, like the, the no, blue no, shirt he had. Anyway, so David, I feel like, is a is also a really like awful character, but also that actor drove me insane the whole time. Um, not because he was bad, but because he was like adequate, I guess. And uh, it just didn't fit either way for me. Okay. Oh, um, continue. Um, but, I... but yeah, I mean, I, I think I think part of the problem with Eric is just the few. Woo, we're skiving out big time. A boring, bad character. Um, not pretty, like, like there's no there's no discussion of why in the fuck he's interested in opening up this skin book, you know? Oh, like, yeah. What? What's he do that's doing that? It's sexy Why? looking. Yeah, which I thought I thought in the original Evil Dead movie it was handled well. That it was a previous family that was there, Professor Nobi reading the book or whatever, and into a tape recorder as this dumbass opens up a book wrapped in barbed wire, covered in black tarp. Obviously, this is a smart really idea. Fucked up. <laughs> Open it up, and there's all sorts of warnings right. in it. But hey, let me let me do a little tracing real quick and read the this shit that I'm not supposed to. <laughs> it literally tells him, "Do not read this out loud." Do not read it. Do not say it. Do not <laughs> know like, it. He said he says it out loud. Reads it and says out loud, "Do not read this out loud. So, Write it down." So actually, okay. This this here. This is my issue with the with the opening. It's not its similarity to Drag Me to Hell. It's that um. At no point does it tell you, and I and I think this is right that that's the professor. Oh, is that Noby? At, at no point. That it's an inch. That's an interesting I, I'm idea. I'm fairly certain that's who it's supposed to be because because the only way for the rest of that movie to make sense, they found what they were already doing in there, and if that's a component, but it doesn't say that. And let me see if I can find the credited. But uh, I was I was watching this movie with uh, with a friend not seeing the original. Um, and can you really call them no, a friend? No clue, like what the beginning had to do. Yeah, well, that's interesting because then they would have changed it because I think it was the professor's wife that was possessed and killed everything, and she was the one that was locked up underneath. And it was the daughter that came in in Evil Dead Two, 
Remember? Anyway, we're back on, back on to why I hated it. You guys say there was enough gore? I don't think there was enough. I think there was way more gore in the original movies than this one. Like, especially blood. It's, it's, I, there's eh. certainly a different type of gore in the original Evil Dead than this one. I suppose. But I, I just, it was like, blah. Also, I think the ending is bullshit, which I guess we can get around to that. Because even though I suspended my logic for a movie that where a Book of the Dead exists, where you, you could read it and it would conjure spirits or whatever, I still found the ending to be really fucking stupid, which I guess I can explain later. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the possible... Yeah, and uh, Bruce Campbell's little thing at the end of the movie after the credits wasn't enough to calm yeah. my Here's here's a, here's a zero spoiler. Oh, yeah. uh, there's something after the end. It's literally Bruce Campbell saying one iconic word, and uh, it's one of the most pointless things I've ever seen. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is really dumb. But but because also I wrote in here that it was boring, and the reason I found it boring is because of all the similarities to the original, like pretty much the same stuff. Anyway. But, I mean, do you want to get into the ending? Because I think this one was the one that really, I face-palmed it so much, and I even think you noticed it. Just, I just had just my before, hand hands. Okay, just before we do that, um, mm-hmm. let's just, let's talk for a second about, uh, let, let's talk about remakes and, and what what exactly, because this, just, just so people can get a barometer of where we're at here, what exactly do you, like, what do you like in a remake? What I like in a remake? Well, like some originality, like some nods to the original, but make it okay, fresh or, so or, it's not so obvious. Uh, all right, let's let me let me be more specific. Then. All right, sorry. Uh, okay, well, you, so you said that you like the. Um, I know I'm weird. No you, one liked Nightmare on Elm Street, but I did. Okay, you said you like that. Are there any other remakes that you're particularly fond of? I I like the Hills Have Eyes remake. I actually like the remake more than the original. Um. Sh- I can't, I'm trying to think now I'm blanking because I wasn't prepared for this part and there's a bunch of remakes out there. I haven't, I, there's some remakes that I haven't seen and then there's some original movies that I haven't seen, but I've seen the remakes. Like I haven't seen the remake of Friday the 13th. I haven't seen the remake of My Bloody Valentine. Um, I, I can Man, now that. that's a remake. It's a great remake. I've I, only seen the original. Oh yeah, we, I, we just I recently saw the original for the first time and uh, boy, yeah, it's is, garbage. boy, is that a so Canadian. Canadian. I was about to say, it is the most Canadian fucking movie I've seen in a long time. It is, there's everyone, you just. Hey, so you want to go in the Kiwi? Hey, man, we're, we're going to go, go, go down, down, there and, down the mine, see? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is, it's. it's like a oh, we're going to have the uh, Valentine's dancey. I, I was waiting for the McKenzie. It's the McKenzie Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, Bob and Doug. Yeah, man. All right, I, did, I can't do a fucking yeah, Canadian neither accent. Neither was there. You want to see how you can get some free beer? Oh, put no, a, they just stabbed me. That's not a, good. That is not good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Neither I'm sorry for getting in the way of your knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just made it so everybody was just apologizing to each other. for. It's like, oh, I'm sorry I did that, dude. Oh, you just stabbed me with your knife. Oh, that wasn't oh, cool. I'm sorry my chest is so hard to cut through so you could get my heart, eh? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's awful. But you're not going to get anyone from Canada But there are, re- there are remakes that, that totally work, and uh, it's it's weird I'm because... I'm curious to hear what you guys think because I can't think of any... I'm, I'm narrowing it down to horror. To yeah, horror and then the, I, I suppose that's particularly what we're talking about, but... Um, you guys might remember some that I don't, and I'm blanking. I mean, and there's even directors that have remade their own films, and like even that sucks. Like the uh, I can't remember the director's name off the top of my head, but the, you know the guy that uh, directed uh, the Grudge, it, like the American Grudge remake was by I've the exact same director, 
and the, the original, original Japanese version is fucking fantastic. And like you, you would think, hey, all you got to do is go over to America and make the same movie that you did with American stars in English. Oh. And he fucked it up big time. You made me think of one. I do like the remake of The Ring versus Ringu. Ringu is interesting, but I, I actually like the one with Naomi Watts better. I completely agree. And you got Brian Cox in yep. that, so that's all you got to know. Uh, I also, can't... I mean, the the king of all remakes, right, is is the thing. Oh, absolutely, um, John Carpenter's, and I've then there was the, the remakes, the flash prequel that came out last year that was just kind of whatever. Never saw it, and, and I think that I think that's maybe what happens more often than not. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a shame that, but see, that was what was great about that as a remake is that it went so far off the reservation that you didn't know what you were going to get at all, and. It just made it, it was ultimately enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, okay, so uh, let's just, yeah, let's uh, let's go into spoilers here. Uh, so from this point on, we are going to be talking about any, uh, some spoilers, different things that happened in the Evil Dead movie. A lot of this, uh, if you haven't seen it, a lot of it you can probably put together yourself because uh, two plus two most of the time does equal four. And uh, people are going to die in this. So, but we're going to be talking specifically about the ways that they die because I believe Laura has some uh, some problems with a couple of things. Oh, the ending! Um, oh so, uh, just consider yourself a spoiler warned from here on out, and uh, that starts now. Um, so, so you had some problems with the kills. First of all, I want to say this: uh, I, I like the kills a lot more in this than I did say now. Uh, I did in like. Uh, the Friday Thirteenth remake, which I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Never, I've never seen but it. But the only problem that I had with it was all the kills were basically the same thing. Somebody was getting impaled or stabbed. Yeah, and, uh, and that was the only problem that I had with it. But everything else, conceptually, visually, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I've been meaning to watch it. It's been sent. I just haven't. But uh, what what were your problems with with the with a the ending and b a couple of the kills? Because I'm going to go with the ending because the had. ending is the one that's really just that. Uh, frustrates me so much that I was I was before the ending I was bored and disappointed with the remake. I did, it didn't go into the hate category until the ending. All right, so you've got David Ashlight or Ash without a soul, I guess. Um, that's left, and his buddy, the guy, the dumbass who read the Necronomicon, who's I can't remember that character's name. Buddy, um, buddy, I don't know. <laughs> D- dumbass dude, dumbass dude. You know, has been beaten up pretty bad. He probably takes the biggest beating out of everyone in the entire cast, and so he finally he's kaput. He dies, and there are I think what was it through two or three ways that Ash Light had to take care of his sister who is possessed by a deadite in order to save her soul and stop the um, the killing or whatever. Because if I'm not mistaken, um, dumbass dude said that the, um, the, the deadite needed five souls, if I'm not mistaken, right? Five souls. Because there's the five of them, the deadite needed five souls, right? So he's already gotten, yep. you know, Mia, his girlfriend, the, the nurse chick. So now it's just Ashlight and dumbass dude, right? Okay, so dumbass dude is dead. Ashlight's there. He's got his sister who has been knocked out, and he can't bring himself to set her on fire, which is how the previous chick at the beginning of the movie, that's how she was killed. She was set on fire by her father. 
he can't bring himself to do it because he's a pussy. So he decides to bury her alive. Which is which is one of the options that 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 is given within the. It's like you can either bury him alive, uh, dismember, like. Chop oh yeah, him that's up into right. Pieces, chop him up and dismember or, him. Or yeah, that's the other them. one. That's the other one I forgot about that one. So he's a pussy. He can't do it. He's yeah. got to do it the 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 easy way. Or which, one could say he's a humane person. No, he got to get it done, man. She's a <laughs> demon. Got to get that shit handled. But anyway, so he's gonna bury her in a very shallow grave. I might add. And of course, it's very reminiscent of, you know, when Ash buries his girlfriend, and then when evil at when good Ash buries evil Ash in, or no, is it evil? No, damn it! Now it's been a long time since I've seen Army of Darkness. I'm probably saying it wrong. But when Ash buries the other Ash, you know, where he keeps getting that dirt tossed in his face, it's very yeah. similar to that. Same way, it's shot almost in the same way too. But anyway, so he's burying her, and she, of course, regains consciousness and talks shit or whatever, and he buries her right, and. The flames go out and it seems like, hey, it's done. The entire curse or whatever is lifted. Yippee skippy. Well, beginning of the movie, they mentioned something that I guess Mia had OD'd at some point and they resuscitated her by defibrillating. I can't say that word for the life of me. Defibrillating. Thank you. By that. So what he did is he put together this contraption with the um, with needles and a battery and he stabs it in her heart a la Mia Wallace in Pulp Fiction and tries to shock her. By way of MacGyver. Yeah, by, <laughs> by by bringing her back, which I, I was like, okay, whatever. This makes no sense. I guess there's a loophole. This is the only one that has a loophole because if he had done it in the other two ways, there's no way he could bring his sister back. Whatever. Pussy. Maybe he's a and, genius. Anyway, so he brings her back and she's all happy. Like she looks normal and it all looks good or whatever. And you're like, okay, great. The movie's over. Fine. Whatever. I'm like, this, this is kind of lame, but whatnot. But then, of course, dumbass dude comes back to life. He's a deadite. He attack like pretty much more stabs Ashlight in the neck. So I mean it's over. He's gonna die. This is what's gonna happen. And then Ashlight sees a gas can, shoots it, sets him and dumbass dead eye dude on fire. So mm-hmm. then you would think that takes care of it, right? Because that's the dumb he the dead eye thing was in him. Right. Mia's saved. It's all done. Yay. Well then it starts raining blood. And this is where I begin to have a problem. I thought, okay, well then maybe they're going to end it on a on a bad evil note. Great. Wonderful. Make it dark yeah, which, and, and at, bad. At the, I, I agree. At that point I was just like, ooh, oh. this is actually kind of brave ending on Yeah, you know, that beat my curiosity. I was like, note. all right. Maybe there's some hope for this film. And then it the 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 beast, the dead eye demon fucking thing comes out from the ground like it's supposed to when it has five souls. Remember I mentioned that five souls? All right, how many people died? How many people died for that thing to come out? In dumbass, d- dumbass guy, dumbass, dumbass guy, Ashlight, Ashlight's girlfriend, the nurse, and then Mia. That Mia's the fifth one, right? Mm-hmm. But Mia was brought back to life. Mia still has her soul, right? How the fuck did this thing get get risen? That that was my problem. I was like, for for Mia then to all of a sudden become female Ash, okay, here's- and attack that 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 was the first thing that. It, Irritated me, and I know that's so nerdy and logical, and I shouldn't be thinking so heavily about it. But for, but for to make such a big point about it had to have five souls, and there was the five of them, so obviously all of them would have to die in order to summon this this demon thing. How how did it get there? I don't understand. It's a a logic jump. It's bullshit. It's so sorry. Here's I think it's a logic jump. But, uh, you know, it, in order for it to continue on, it's one of those things, you know, it's the thing that has to happen in order for the thing to happen that needs to happen. Um, essentially, my thought was, it was like, okay, once, once she was buried and gone, that kind of counted her, so to speak. 
Now I'm not going to sit but, here and but say that was a way to save her soul, though. Like by the mm, by burning and by dismemberment. Maybe her soul is gone and she's got just a physical body now. I don't know. I'm just stabbing it. I'm just stabbing at the wind here. I don't, I'm just going by what they might have thought of when they, you know, conceived of this idea. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying it's a theory. Did I did I just like sh- like destroy this ending almost because I point that out that he's own that this beast only has four souls so how is is you know Mia supposed to be able to fight him but whatever so then of course as it I, goes on oh I'm sorry go on I'm sorry I, I do I do think that there there may be something to the leap in logic explanation um, I'm not saying that it totally makes sense I'm I'm saying that I think that it's based in the idea that if at any point your body expires. Um, while, while possessed, while, while possessed, even if your body comes back, your soul still belongs to the demon. I mean, that's a, that's kind of a, an ancient, uh, various religion, uh, belief, right? Like, like your, your soul, your soul will belong to demons regardless. Um, I also question whether or not she actually died from the burial, which is hell you're supposed to, or whether or whether it was because he put the fucking bag on her head. It, it's it's tough to say because well, here's the deal though. It's like they did say a live burial. I don't know that they necessarily said they had to kill them. Well, burial. I don't know. I don't know. I, but just, but then that makes no sense. How come someone would have to be dismembered or set up alive? But then hey, if you could just bury this again, one. I'm stabbing at air. I don't know. I, I know, but then I know it's such a nerdy, very anal I thing. Don't know. To get... Why is there a giant puzzle box that lets fucking pinface uh, demons come back from hell? Yeah, where does I that come from, all... Laura? I know, but that's sort of different. <laughs> that so, wasn't. How does he reverse back from five, that stage? The to, five to... souls thing was established at the beginning of there the movie. You can have some sort of consistency. Friday the Thirteenth movies in the Friday the Thirteenth remake. It's one movie. How does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, well, look really at this. Though. I know, but but to, but my point is, like, I know we suspend logic for these movies because they're ridiculous and there's no way this shit could possibly happen but to make such a big fucking deal at the beginning of the movie <laughs> whoops yeah that you were trying to draw me out to make a big deal at the beginning of the movie that this beast or demon deadite whatever has to have five souls in order to come up so no, not everyone can should die you know that that's the reason if everyone dies then it's going to come back in hell on earth or whatever but the fact that she's alive and it comes I, I don't know that that I was like well that's a bit of a stretch that's kind of shitty you just like destroyed your own logic or your um, demon logic there, I guess. But then all all the stuff is that they basically, yeah. He Ashlight was the red herring. Mia this entire time was going to be the the badass, which I liked. All yeah, right, just, I liked that turn. Eh, that's all right, but still, she wasn't that much of a badass. She still was like running around and stuff. And then, of course, when by the time we get to she wasn't that much of a badass yet. Yet, oh yeah, when she loses her hand, and then when she grabbed the chainsaw, I was like, son of a bitch. She's going to put it on her arm somehow, isn't she? And this is when I, I just was like, oh, God damn it. Now we're really going to tie it in too much to, to Ash. You know, I don't no, know. I really loved that. I did not. And then when when obviously it's primed, there's the fucking beast thing. And the, the chainsaw is right there. She's got it attached to her arm. I was like, she's going to say something Ash-like right now. And it's just going to, I don't know, just put a bad Can taste in my mouth. the one thing that I'm really disappointed they did not throw in this movie? Uh, no one says uh, no one says anything about their goddamn boomstick. <laughs> and I really wanted that to happen. For no reason. Or she than... bitch. Didn't hear any word any she bitch. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I know it's probably silly that I get I got irritated by these things and I get in. Some people would probably roll their eyes about the fact that five souls thing just really ir- irritated me. You can really do some dumb shit. But if you just kind of stick to the convention that you put at the beginning of the of the movie or with the, the Necronomicon that these five souls were needed. I don't know. That it just oh, irritated me. Sorry. So, so I do want to I do want to say uh, just um as as we continue discussing the ending and uh, this film's like reception and et cetera for the for the remaining few minutes of whatever we're we're doing here, um, it has an oddly high tomato meter. Yeah, have you, have you seen that? It's like sixty four percent and seventy eight percent audience, which is pretty high for a horror movie. Well, yeah, um, and I also I can't help but wonder how many of those folks are have seen the original movies. I wonder. It's tough to say. Because, I mean, a lot of the, the young kids that were Where in the Where are the theater, exit polls? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm like, did you still think this movie was good after seeing the previous three? What are you, a fucking moron? Why are you saying this movie's good? I don't know. I, I, I did notice that, and that uh, for a moment got my hi- my hopes up well, high. But then I remember I would, that Tree of Life had a high as, one, and that was a shitty film. So I will say as far as the tomato meter algorithm kind of thing goes, it, you know, if I were to give this movie a rating, it would get a positive mm-hmm. um, on on that end of the spectrum. So uh, it's it's probably more that. Like, we're really surprised that this movie isn't as terrible as we thought it was going to be. Hey, that's that's a, quite a possibility. I did like there there were some de- there were some pretty decent gores. Come on, you got to admit the chainsaw through the mouth fucking a that was nice and bloody. Yeah, and it lasted for a nice long for time. for a long time for for a, for an R-rated movie. It's pretty darn good. Mm. But you know how you could have really solved a lot of these logic problems. What? See, we got it. <laughs> you see, the dumbass guy's name is Poochie in real life. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I will be here all week. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh. Anyways, okay, before before we finish up, though, let's let's talk about the stinger. Okay. Uh, I think that was probably meant to soothe the angry fans like me. <laughs> like, hey, it's Ash approved, but still, no, no, sorry. First no. of all, <laughs> let's just uh, one real quick second before that. Uh, I enjoyed the Necronomicon reading at the uh, or the little the recording. Song. From yeah, the I did. Dig I did that. like that. I that like that. Nice. I had to find that on the internet somewhere, but yeah, I did good. enjoy that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, okay. So after the credits have rolled, uh, we get a uh, a Marvel style stinger, as it were. Except for Marvel, usually did theirs for more than four seconds. Uh, just a very close up of Bruce Campbell's old ass head. Turn it around and go groovy, and that's about it. You know, yep. I'm I'm kind of curious about one thing. Are we all in agreement that I think there shouldn't be an Evil Dead Four that? Bruce Campbell's probably too old to reprise Ash. I I don't think the odds of it being fantastic are great. I'm a little nervous about that. I I think that's actually why he and Raimi are hesitant to actually get into it. Because the last time Um, we saw Bruce Campbell as Ash, 
He is pretty buff. And, 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 and now uh, to... Miami and Burn Notice haven't been quite so kind <laughs> to I'm the... not trying to burn I... burn his age or whatever because I mean everyone ages and it happens. They're not. But gonna... when you're 60 years old, you just you 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 aren't the you know you aren't but 23 I, again. I, not unless I like... do want I do want to say though that um, aging franchises and their stars, with the exception of Die Hard, have done really well. Um, Indiana like, Jones? Like, well, I actually really like that movie. <gasps> I, I don't dislike it as much as everyone but, else does. But let's, let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about like uh, people who maybe shouldn't be as action-centric star-wise as they are, a.k.a. Uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rambo. Absolutely. Um, I think that the Rambo film, I think, I think actually even a couple of later uh, Clint Eastwood films handle his earlier persona very well. And I think there's a way that you could probably make an Evil Dead movie with an aging Ash that would be really interesting. Or he'd pass the boomstick onto someone else? No, don't do no. that. No, I, I think that it would probably just sum up some stuff. I think, you know, uh, there's not any Rambo. John Rambo like isn't isn't passing fucking trauma of Vietnam on anybody else. Uh, <laughs> you remember this? You remember this? I know you have your Iraq War, but think of the Vietnam War. But, but I'm I'm as a pretty good Special Slender person, huh? I'm hesitant to say that that will be the path that Ramy ends up taking. Um, and actually, I think the Drag Me to Hell was his attempt to do a, a new Evil Dead movie in many ways. Yeah, and and not, and not a bad take on one. I say I mean I thoroughly enjoy Drag Me to Hell. Um, uh, now I heard a rumor, and you know how the internet is. Uh, rumors will be rumors that somehow the the twine shall meet, as it were. The what? The twine two to, well, two of them, the both films, hmm. so shall somehow meet in some sort of weird way. I don't, you know. Again, the validity the, the of that's probably zero. And- the remake and the upcoming possible sequel. That's just something that I heard that was thrown out as, you know, and that could just be some douchebag who just goes, you know, what will be cool. I think that's what it is. Um, Probably. I mean, that's more than likely the case. Bruce Campbell has actually uh, gone on record when asked about this, that, um, that this film, if there is a sequel, uh, will exist within an entirely different universe with, uh, without Ash or any of the characters from the original, which actually makes that stinger all the more perplexing. I was about to say, which then begs the question, what the fuck was that about? Well, and he's he, somebody asked him that, and he said, uh, yeah, it was just, he's like, I have no clue. They asked me to do it, and I thought it was a cool little thing to do for I got fans. 50 bucks in lunch. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I... I got a bucket of KFC, and then I got to go off to USA to, and and uh, and shoot some Blue Sky TV. We we learned that uh, Bruce Campbell will do anything for a ham sandwich or a Capri Sun. <laughs> Motherfuckers, he's easy. Well, I don't think it was his stinger that taught us that. I think it was that s- series of sci-fi originals he was doing, <laughs> including Mansquito. What? <laughs> Even I haven't seen that. I don't yeah, know I'm that pretty, one. I'm pretty sure that's him in Mansquito. I'll look that up for next time, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go go. If you want to see a Bruce Campbell movie that where his old age is actually put to great use, Bubba Hotep, so good. Amen. And when the hell are they going to get on that sequel, Don? Costello? Yeah, I'd, ra- I'd rather see yeah. that. Yeah, get us some Bubba Nosferatu going on. Ooh, that that is reported. Is, it, is that supposedly the next one? Supposedly, we'll I'll, see. I'll I take mean, it. Coscarelli takes an insane amount of time in between films for whatever reason. 
Funding want... issues, probably. That's what I say. How do you just like, okay, check this out. See. <laughs> You're doing what yeah, now? See, it's black man's JFK. And the black man is... Why are you not following this? <laughs> where, hey, where are you going? Where are you go- Come back. Come it probably oh. didn't help that his entire career used to hinge on the fact that the Phantasm movies made not a damn lick of sense. Yeah, that's very true. I still haven't seen them. I've meant to watch them, but I haven't yet. They're great. But they do not make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> What's up? There's some flying ball, and then this old man, and then whatever. You get it, right? <laughs> you know what you should watch? I don't know if you've seen that, Matt, but some really good, like, campy 80s horror is Waxwork and Waxwork 2. Oh, I, I love them. Yes, you have <laughs> seen them. Speaking of remakes, though, it, it, how good, and in no way should it have ever been good, was the House of Wax remake. I've never seen yeah, it. Yeah, right? That was like really good. Didn't see it. Was it. Really it was solid. It's it should have for all intents and purposes like it should have been a, awful. Like a pull through the head, right? Oh, it was Which great. is great. <laughs> I was just like it was one of those it's like this is gonna be terrible. There's no reason that this should be good. Hey, that was fun. Oh. Anyways, all right, everybody. That is it. That's it. That is our Ooh. review for Evil Dead. Evil, Evil Dead. Let's kind of uh, let's let's go through. Uh, yeah, we don't normally do this, but I I just want to I want to see where we all land. Um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna give this. You can give it a star rating, a, a grade, whatever you want to do. Uh, oh, and by the way, by the way, we fucking should have mentioned this before spoiler stuff. So in case anybody's uh has tuned out, but how amazing is this uh, that that uh, poor Roger Ebert dies, and this would have been such a movie for him to rail against. <laughs> Boy, it is well. Roper's review was pretty, uh, pretty down on it. Boy, I've Whole never. I got into, I got into a big giant uh, YouTube uh, internet hole last night watching old Ebert and Roper review or Ebert Siskel and Ebert reviews rather. And uh, boy, yeah. holy crud, does he just hate violence in movies? Well, we you, we may talk about Ow. that kind of later, but holy smokes, I've I've never seen anyone just so angry at horror movies in my entire life his review of fan of uh final uh friday 13th uh, the final chapter is hilarious because <laughs> it's just like have you watched this movie he's just like nothing happens this movie's about nothing all it is is people stab it's like you don't know that you, you, you clearly didn't watch this movie but uh anyways i i just thought i really would have loved to see what he thought of this movie because fuck he hates violence and and spoils movies yeah, super. super. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, uh, Laura, what? What? I, I would say that I'll, I will go for you last because I just I think it'll be hilarious. Um, I would put this movie somewhere around the two and a half, just approaching three stars, or a, just a flat out C rating. So I'm fairly middle of the road for this, Matt. Uh, I'll, I'll actually go a little higher than that. I'll say a C plus or a B minus. Um, depending on your proclivities, but I actually think that uh, just the sheer amount of gore that they were able to fit on screen in an R-rated horror flick um, was pretty impressive in its own right, and so I, it gives it that little nudge up um, for me. And Laura, I would give it a big frowny face with one tear, big old disappointed <laughs> frowny face. That's me. That's how I felt. Big old frowny face. That's... Big old frowny face. Can we can we start calling Laura's frowny face ratings? Can we just say the tree of life? 
Can we call it the tree of life? It's the tree of I'm life. I'm going to give it a tree of life. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Which, hold on. Which one did you hate more, this or the tree of life? Ooh, good question. Tree of life, of course. Okay. I've never hated him. And I've seen this some... This one parts... or the game? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everybody on my scale of hatred of movies that everyone seems to like. I think yeah, I, I think I would put it on par with the game in terms of disappointment and overratedness. I, I guess the best way, would I call it a tree of life or would I call it a master? The master. Oh, boy. <laughs> I knew you guys would not be happy that I don't like that movie. I'm sorry. And I've seen a lot You're of shitty films. To. I understand why people don't like that. Movie. I, I do too. I, it's one of those, like, I do I do enjoy it, but I can definitely see where why, where and why people hate that. I don't know. Tree of Life will always probably be in the bottom because I, I've seen a lot of really shitty films. Not intentionally, of course. Like, I have actually paid, and I'll admit it, I've paid money to see Freddy Got Fingered in the theaters when it came out. I paid money to see Joe Dirt in the theaters when it came out so yes i've seen some shit and the only movie that i ever really got pissed off at and just i wanted to walk out but i couldn't because someone drove me there was tree of life someone being me so let's end this on a positive note laura if you haven't seen it it just came out uh on criterion blu-ray although it's probably also streaming at hulu um Watch Terrence Malick's first film, Badlands. Badlands is, is really good, fantastic, and absolutely like unlike late, later Malick of the Tree of Life. Yeah, so yeah, very good. I'll think about it. Well, as someone who you also know does not like the Tree of Life, I want to tell you, I, I think that this would be much better for you, and I will it is actually at- quite good. I'm, I'm again going to go on the record of saying I don't know why I enjoyed the Tree of Life. Something about it, I, some, for some reason, I, I at the end of it, I liked it. Film I did not want to like it. I went in going, I will probably not like this movie. I don't think I'm going to like it. And for some reason, I can't tell you why. And, and if I watch it again, I might hate it. I don't know. But something about it, something that day struck me and, and I enjoyed it. So I, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. Don't worry, babe. We're going to go see uh, To the Wonder. Is that his latest flick? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to go watch that. That's a back alley film series uh, one. So no. Great. Some no. more uh, Some more Malik. No. That was Roger Ebert's last review, if, as is my understanding. That's probably what killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. That's brilliant. People say I'm the douchebag, and many times they're right, but this time, congrats. You've, uh, you've dethroned the king. All right, everybody. Hell that, to the king, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. All right. That is uh, the film find for today, uh, this week. It's, it's been a fun week. I think we had fun. Everybody had fun? Yeah, it was a good time. I did. Yeah, I had fun. I'm sure I'll have some, inter- like, if even people even care, internet hate because I'm so weird that I hate the Evil Dead remake. It's all good. Because it seems like it's got such overwhelming positive reviews, even yeah. from fans. Like, oh, this is so cool, but I just, no. All right. If you want to tell uh, Laura why she is so wrong or uh, Matt, why he's so right, uh, feel free to email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Anything that anybody writes us, we will uh, read on the show uh, because we get no mail. So uh, we have nothing else better to do, and we love filling out some time. So please uh, email us at thefilmfind at gmail.com. Go to thefilmfind.com where you can go and subscribe to us on iTunes if you have not already. And while you're there, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a five-star review, write something down about the show. You know, you can say we're assholes. As long as we get a five-star review, we don't really care. Uh, We just want to go up a little higher in the rankings. So people find this podcast. So if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. Go review it on iTunes. 
And if we see your review on iTunes, uh, if you're the first one up there, we are actually going to send you some sort of a prize pack. I've got a couple Blu-rays, maybe a few DVDs lying around. Matt's got some stuff. So please uh, go ahead and do that and uh, yep. get yourself an internet famous, bitch. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And uh, at the Film Find, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, the whole nine yards. So uh, that is it for the film find for this week. Uh, stay tuned and subscribed. We may be doing some, uh, I know we have at least one film find five in the bag already that we're going to put out, and uh, but uh, we'll probably be putting some more out this week. And uh, hopefully, I don't know that we're going to review anything next week. I don't think next week has anything all that interesting. But the week after... Maybe uh, we can watch Scary Movie 5. I'm sure that'll be a great Or I could just toss time. myself off a tall building. I mean, you know, either way, you're going to get the same result. Actually, that might be an interesting review. Oh, God. See, I'm not but, like I won't see that kind of shit until like I, until I get press passes to every we film sneak to into where it and we sneak into it or sneak into it. Yeah, oh, like I don't know. What I, I don't would pay sneak for. into movies, nor do I torrent. Nope, mm-mm, I'm totally yeah. honest. I'm gonna torrent scary movie five. <laughs> Take money out of their pockets. <laughs> That's horrible. I'm going to it and then stand outside of the theater uh, with DVD copies of it. Actually, I tell people. you what. I tell you what. I think we're going to do. Uh, uh, Matt hasn't had a chance to watch it. Laura's seen a little bit of it, but we're going to. Uh, I think next week. Oh, yeah. We're probably going to talk about Room Two Thirty Seven. Oh dear. Uh, which no, is. Let's do that shit. You want to do that? Yeah, I, let's do that. I'm I'm psyched for it. Matt, right. I forget. Are you a shining hater too? Um, I'm ambivalent toward it. Okay. I, I got I, it. I really like some things and I really dislike others. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're going to do that. So, uh, that's available on, uh, iTunes, Amazon, Instant, and a whole bunch of other things on demand, all that jazz. Uh, so, uh, check that out. It's uh, room 237. It's a documentary about all the crazy hidden meanings behind the shining. And, uh, it's a trip. It's a crazy, interesting documentary that I could watch time and time again just because there's a lot of like what so Get your uh, t- tinfoil hat ready yeah there's a lot of that stuff but uh yeah so that's what we're going to be doing next week and uh we'll do some film fine fives in between here and there so uh that is it for this week i swear to god we're wrapping it up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, uh, but uh yeah so i hope you've enjoyed everything ladies and gentlemen that is it for us this week my name is adam portress for laura mccarriker and matt smith we will see you next time guys was early, early one morning When I heard my bulldog bark Was staggering in building a line Squabbling in the dark Staggering to building a line What do you think of that? You win all my money, love You spit in my steps and hat Staggering when walking in the red hot brawling sun says bring me my six sugar lord i want my 41 staggerly when walking through the mud and through the sand says i feel mistreated this morning i could kill most any man fill it in lines told staggerly please don't take my life i got three helpless children About your children and nothing about your wife. You done mistreated me, Billy, and I'm bound to take your life. 
They shot him three times in the shoulder, Lord. Shot him three times in the side. Well, the last time they shot him caused Billy Lyons to die. Staggerly told Mrs. Billy, you don't believe your man is dead. Come on into the ballroom, see the whole lot shot in his head. The high sheriff told the deputy, get your pistols and come with me. We got to go arrest the bad man known as Stanley. The deputies took the pistols, they laid them on the shelf. If you want that bad man Stanley, you have to arrest him yourself. The high sheriff asked the bartender, who can that bad man be? Speak softly, said the bartender, that bad man Stanley. He touch old Stack on the shoulder Say Stack, why do you run? I don't run, white folk When I got my phone and The hangman put the mask on Tied his hands behind his back Sprung the trap on Stagger Lee But his neck refused to crack The hangman, he got frightened Said, Chief, you see how it be? I can't hang this man, Lord. You better set him free. Three hundred dollar funeral, thousand dollar hearse. Satisfaction undertaker put a stack on down in the earth. Staggerly he told the devil, say, come on and have some fun. You stick me with your pitchfork and I'll shoot you with my forty-one. Staggerly took the pitchfork and he laid it on the shelf. He said, Stand back, Tom Devil Law. I'm gonna rule hell by myself. It's all about the moon landing, man. It's all about it's this. This is Stanley Kubrick's confession about the moon landing. By the way, you should listen to your intro again because it almost sounded like you know, get down on it, da da da, and then you went in and you're like, this is the film, you know, where you, it starts like, I don't believe it, I don't want to dance. I don't know the lyrics, but you know what I'm talking about when what you get about? to the chorus. Yeah. Yeah. When we did. Welcome to the film. Find this as Adam Portress. You almost did it like that. I swear. <laughs> Listen to it because you had it almost on beat. It was hilarious. I did all I could not to crack up. How you gonna do it if I gotta review a movie? I'm gonna talk about it now. That movie sucked ass. Tell me here. <laughs>